welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. So, um, our speaker this morning, as you know by now, is uh, Jill Weber, and uh, most of you will know Jill by now. We just love her. When we asked her if she would relocate with her husband, Kirk, from Canada uh, to be here and come and be our director of prayer and and spiritual formation. Um, We knew she was going to be great, but we had no idea she was going to be utterly, utterly, utterly great. And Jill really is all those things. She's um, a great preacher, as you know, and as you're about to find out if you don't. She's a great prayer leader and is really building not just our house of prayer here in Guildford, but she travels around a great deal. We're seeing a multiplication of houses of prayer, uh, particularly around Europe right now, and she is received as a sort of honoured, sort of like guru almost into these uh, environments. She'll be far too humble to tell you. And uh, um, Jill, Jill's also just really kind and really good fun. She's the global convener of the Order of the Mustard Seed, uh, she's actually a pretty neat worship leader as well. I don't have you led worship here yet? Oh. Do you want to do it sometime? Is that right, Pete? <laughs> um, brilliant. So um, oh, I could recruit a new worship band right now. I'm sort of in the mood. So uh, put, let's put our hands together and welcome Jill Weber. Thank you so much. I'm going to actually, before I get into my talk, share uh, with you something I'm quite excited about. I wear two hats, probably, as you understand. Half the time I'm working with Emmaus Road here locally, and the other half of my time I'm working with 24-7 Prayer globally. And we've got something at 24-7 Prayer that we're really excited to put in your hand. So what I want you to do is I want you to get your cell phone out and go to the app store. It's Christmas morning, everybody. Are you excited? You don't sound excited. (laughs) I think we've got some slides here for this. Uh, We're gonna release today here at Emmaus Road. This is sort of a limited release. We're gonna be releasing it globally in January with the Inner Room app. What we want to do is we want to help you pray on the go. We want to take your phone and turn it to an an inner room, a place where you can go and be with the Father when you're standing in line at Sainsbury's (laughs) or when you've got a few minutes to spare between meetings. Maybe go to the next slide. Jesus says, when you pray, go into your inner room. So we, we, we know that there's only a couple times a day when we can do that at the start and the end of our days, but I think if we can carry an inner room with us on our phone, it can help catalyze and organize our prayer lives. Even on your commute into London, you can just open up your phone and pray. So let's take a look at the next slide. Welcome to the inner room. Let's get started. What we've done is we've created an app for the Instagram generation. Next slide. It's really, really simple. What you can do is you can add prayers. You can add prayers and you can add pictures of the ones you're praying for. The first picture I put in, I found like the handsomest picture of my husband. 
I put it on my phone, <laughs> got a picture of my daughter and her husband, put it into the app so that when I have got a couple of spare minutes, I can just be reminded visually to pray for the ones I love. Next slide. We create a, a visual prayer board like this. You can pray for, we can all get pictures of Pete and Sammy. Put them in our inner room app. Danny and Huddy, and we can pray for those in authority over us regularly as we go about our days. Next one. Not only that, we can actually, um, you can program it to tell you to pray at certain times. You can get a notifier at 7 in the morning or at noon or 5 p.m., whenever you want to remind you it's time to pray. How many of us just forget? Anybody besides me just forget? All right. So now your phone can remind you that it's time to pray. Next slide. And then you can create playlists or, or playlists of, of work and friends and family. And if you don't know how to pray, we, certain areas and issues, we've got some pre-programmed playlists that can help you as well. So it's very simple. It's very easy to use. It's even got musical stuff going on underneath your prayers if you want. Next slide. It gives you ideas of things you can pray for and verses that can inspire your prayer. So we just want to encourage every single one of you who has a smartphone, we've got it in Apple and on Android, get it on your phone and try it out for us because you guys are our beta generation. What we need to find out from you is what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? What works? What doesn't work? What, how could we grow it and, and make it more helpful in the future? So between now and the next couple of months, if you could do that, that would be wonderful. And I just want to point your attention to a little card that we've got at the welcome desk just outside the door. It's just a little reminder for this inner room app. I'd like you to take one of them and share it with somebody. So here's an easy way for you to catalyze and organize your prayer life so that you can pray on the go in this inner room. So that's my advertisement. So I'll take off my advertisement 24-7 hat, put on my... Jill Weber here, part of the Emmaus family hat. And I just want to breathe for a minute. Is that okay? Can we just sort of set our hearts again in the Lord's presence? So I'm not going to lie. Preparing for today's talk was, was difficult for me this time. I actually count it such a privilege to get 20, 25, you know, 45, an hour and a half of your time, <laughs> probably 20 minutes. But it's a privilege to be up here. It's a privilege to be able to, to speak and to share God's word with you. And I feel that privilege quite strongly. I feel the weight of expectation strongly too. I want it to be good. At least I don't want it to be bad. <laughs> and sometimes I feel the weight of people's expectations and I know that, that people on the way home go, well, what do you think of that one? <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so I feel the weight of that. And, and, and today, preparing for the talk, or this week preparing, literally I felt like I was trying to wrestle a gorilla to the ground <laughs> and pin it there. Partly because the topic was so broad. We're on this sermon series on the life you've always wanted and different formational practices. And I was given meditation, and guidance. Well, I've been practicing biblical meditation for a couple of decades and leaning into to guidance. How would God lead and guide me even in my leadership? Again, for a couple of decades. And I've also been studying it in school intensively over the last five years. So I have a lot to say about guidance and meditation. I have so much to say. I could preach for two years on it. 
but I have 20 minutes. So here's the irony. I needed guidance to know how to speak on guidance. I had to lean into the Lord and say, God, you just need to set me on a path this morning. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And I'm not the only one. Anybody else need guidance in their lives? Maybe you work for the government. Maybe you work for the Brexit department. Trying to solve unsolvable problems. Do you need guidance? Maybe you're just starting uni. Maybe you've just, you're at Surrey University and, and you've got so many choices. It's not like when I went to school, it was like art or science. And now it's just like there's a plethora, actually a paralyzing plethora of choices. There's so much that you could choose. And so many of my student friends just freeze in that moment. They don't know how to step forward. They need guidance. Or maybe you've married, you've remarried, and, and you've got a blended family, and you've got three kids, and they got four kids, and you're trying to figure out how to do it all together, and all the relationship complexity of in-laws, and in-laws, in-laws, and step-in-laws, and all of that. You need guidance. We all do. We're all on a journey. Oh, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This is what life looks like for most of us. Next slide. Anybody relate to that slide <laughs> besides me? <laughs> Even the psalmist, let's look at the next slide. Even the psalmist is longing for God. Let the morning bring word of your unfailing love. For I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you, I entrust my life. I love the, the ESV version of it. Make me know the way that I should go. For to you, I lift up my soul. My soul. Not only are we on a life journey, going from one place to another, our souls are on a soul journey. We are on pilgrimage. Our hearts are the highways to Zion, it says in Psalm 84. We're on a soul journey, and we need guidance. I'm going on a trip this week. I'm taking a couple days off because my niece is visiting from Canada. She is a Beatles fan. Anybody want to guess where we're going? Liverpool. We're doing all the cheesy Beatles things. It's very exciting. So I, I've gotten ready for the journey, and so I've just I've emptied. I'm learning the British words for these the glove box of my car, and uh, just because I, I had to get ready for the journey, so I brought some things. I have gloves, because Brit Britain is cold, you guys. <laughs> I thought it was temperate here, it's not. And I have um, oh, crisp packages, sorry, um, and napkins, and I have, oh, this is one thing I've learned is very important when driving a car, not in the country that you're from, this is the instructional manual of my Kia Seed so that I don't wreck the battery like I did the first week I had it. So that's, that's the instructional manual. And then I have an ancient artifact. See if you guys can recognize it. Anybody use these anymore? <laughs> it's a map. Stuff I take on the journey. 
you know, often our approach to the scriptures, the way we come to the word, is we treat it like it's a map, right? I want to know where I'm going. I, know, I want to know how to get there so I don't get lost on the way. And sometimes we come to the scriptures, our approach is, is that it's, a, it's an instructional manual. I need to know how life works. And if it's broken, I need to know how to fix it. Here's the problem, not so much with that, but how we've been conditioned in 20th century culture to acquire information. Here's what I do. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am, but here's what I do. I look through here, got the instructional manual, and I scan it, I skim it, so that I can find the relevant information to solve my problem so that I can fix it. So how many of us, when we approach the scriptures, when we approach the Bible, scan it and skim it so that we can find the relevant information that we can then utilize to fix it? Anybody besides me? Oh, you're much more spiritual than I am. Okay. I've done it. I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. And, and there's nothing wrong with using the Bible like it's a map to take us on the journey. There's nothing wrong. With, with approaching the scripture like it's an instructional manual. But if that's the only way that we approach scripture, and, and if our lens is like, I just need to find what I need and use it to get the life that I want, then our faith becomes utilitarian, two-dimensional, pragmatic, task-oriented. And we ignore and we miss the deeper journey of our souls. We, we're not able to address the deep longings of our hearts, and some of our more primal and our more visceral disorientation. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You know, even if we, even if we get, make life work and even if we get where we want to get, maybe you've got the man you want, maybe you've got the job that you have always wanted, but you arrive on your first day of work and you've got this imposter syndrome. I don't think I should be here. I, I don't have what it takes. And I come to work every day full of anxiety and fear. You've taken the next step on your life journey, but your soul journey, boy, do you have a long way to go. Here's the good news. God's word is alive. It's living. It's active. Jesus is alive. And the living word inhabits the written word in such a way as to bring us to life and to set us on the pathway of life. And if we can give the scripture space to breathe. And you have a good bottle of wine, you open it up and you let it breathe, don't you? If you give scripture space to breathe, if you give it room, if you give it time to speak, if you really listen, if you give the scripture room to grow inside of you, we get the guidance that we need. This takes us to meditation, at which point some people of you clutch on the inside. Anybody go, meditation? Oh, no. This is a New Age church. Are you a New Age church? Are we going to do New Age things? Um, are we going to om or 
levitate or is this an Eastern? <laughs> you know, we get nervous with these words, the word meditation. Let's, let's go to the next slide. Look at that. It's in the Bible. Joshua says, I will meditate on your word. There's this exhortation. Keep the book of the law on your lips. Night and day, I will meditate on your word. The psalmist 16 times uses the word meditation. I will meditate on your unfailing love. I'll meditate on your wonderful works. I will meditate on your mighty deeds, on your decrees. I will meditate on your law. I will meditate on your promises, your precepts. I will consider your ways. So meditation, biblical meditation is biblical. <laughs> Not only biblical, it's been part of and central to Christian tradition over two millennia. Believers right in the center of orthodox theology, right in the center of it all, have been meditating on Scripture. 2,000 years. So it's not this scary thing. Actually, you know what? You meditated already today. Did you know that? As soon as we get into a worship song, and if that, that worship song has got scripture in it, we were doing in the other congregation, I was at Woking this morning, open the eyes of my heart. And then holy, 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 holy. And, and the room went into hush, and we all just repeated that over and over. We gave it space to breathe and time to speak and we let that word holy grow inside of us we meditated on the word we lingered can we linger in the word can we can we savor god's word how many of you get up in the morning and you kind of i have to be careful what words i use how many of you gulp down your breakfast and then walk out the door and you realize you haven't even tasted your meal right? Oftentimes, that's what we do in our morning quiet time, isn't it? We just kind of choke it down quickly and get on with our day. But what would happen if we savored? What might happen? What might happen? Hmm. What might happen if... What might happen if instead of just reading the word... We let God's word read us. We give it access to our hearts, convict us. And again, the scripture says that your, your word, it separates soul and spirit, opens us up on the inside. What if instead of just dissecting scriptures, we allowed God to open us up, show us what's there through his word? Instead of just mastering the scripture, we allow ourselves to be mastered. I just want to clarify, because I don't want anybody calling Bill afterwards. Biblical meditation does not replace careful, thoughtful, scholarly study and exegesis of the scriptures does not replace that. We need to be students of the word. But if we only study, if we only use our minds and don't allow it to drop down into our hearts, we will miss the fullness of what God has for us in the scripture. And we will miss all of the guidance that can come our way 
everything we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of the Son revealed in the Word. I got one more thing in, in my bag. This is, these are precious. I keep these close. This is a card from my daughter. She's an artist, so she makes me these beautiful cards for birthdays and Christmas. And on the inside, I won't read it to you because it's personal and private. But she writes about what I mean to her and how I've impacted her life and, and how the nature of our relationship. And her cards, these notes that she, I look forward to my birthday every year, which is the same birthday as Pete, coming up soon, just so you all know. <laughs> I get them every year from her. These beautiful love letters that I get from my daughter tell me who I am and they tell me whose I am. What if the scripture was not only a map, not only an instructional manual, but a love letter to us that orients our hearts, puts us on a path where we know who we are and whose we are? This can come through long and loving meditation. So you're like, okay, I'm convinced. I want to meditate on the word. Just tell me what to do. I don't know how to do it, so just show me what to do. So we're going to do meditation for dummies. Are you ready? Here's the next slide. Oh, wait. Oh, he's not chewing. Oh, this was supposed to be a cow chewing its cud, ruminating, but obviously we're having a technical problem. So let's go here. <laughs> meditation for dummies. I'm going to teach you three simple things. You can all meditate. You will all walk away from today going, okay, I know how to do this. Number one. Next slide. What if we went for depth, not for distance? So I'm not knocking a Bible in a year. Bible in a year is great. But what if I took one scripture, one verse, two verses, and what if I spent a whole week on it? Ruminating, thinking, praying, writing about it. Just giving it space to breathe inside of me and, 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 and time to speak and room to grow inside of me. What if I went for depth rather than distance? And then skip the next slide and go just to the one after. There we go. What if we were to use our imagination? And you're like, oh no, are you allowed to use your imagination? Actually, the biblical word for imagination, which is haga, or the biblical word for meditation, which is haga, one of the, the, the um, definitions of that word is imagination. So what if I was to take one of the gospels? What if I was to take a gospel story and put myself in the story? You could do it in any story, maybe blind Bartimaeus. What if I was Bartimaeus? Okay, I'm going to be blind Bartimaeus. I'm sitting by the side of the road. Jesus is coming by. How would I react? What would I think? What would I hear? What would I smell? What would I taste? What would I desire and long for? And what if we let the story play out and all of a sudden Jesus says, bring him to me and we get to stand before him. And he asks that penetrating question, what do you want me to do for you? What would I say? What would I say? What might he say back to me? So what you can do is you can go into the Gospels and take Gospel stories. They've been doing this for hundreds of years in Christian traditions of prayer. They call it Gospel contemplation. 
Use your imagination. Put yourself in the story and see what happens. Number three, what if I was to ask friendship questions? That means questions that I would say to God if he was my friend. Anybody a friend of God here besides me? God, what do you think about this scripture? What are you saying? How does this apply to my life? What, what might it look like if I actually lived into this passage? What makes you smile about it? What do you love about it? What do you love about me? We meditate on the scripture when we ask friendship questions. And we take time to listen to what God might have to say. So there you go. Meditation for dummies. Three simple things that you can try at home. Let's go to the last slide. I was speaking at a conference several years ago. I was one of the main speakers. And I know that God had called me to be a communicator and to speak. And so I was excited about it. I was excited and also nervous because one of my mentors that I really looked up to, was there also at the conference. And, er and early in the conference, I had an interaction, and I may have just misunderstood what they said, and I don't know, or, you know, you get these moments where you, you just bump into somebody in the wrong way. And, and what happened to me in that moment was I just lost my confidence. I just felt suddenly deflated, and, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here, and, and I, I, my mentor, I, obviously there's something wrong in this relationship, and I, I, should I even be speaking? Should I speak here? Should I speak at all? I, I had this moment, more than a moment, actually, of dis primal disorientation where I actually even questioned my calling and my vocation. And I did what I've learned to do. I'm like, okay, Lord, show me the way to go. Let morning bring word of your unfailing love. I need a word. I need a word. And he gave me a word, and I spent the next evening and day before I spoke just meditating on it. Here was the word. Just kind of popped in. I knew it because I spent a lot of time just ruminating on scriptures. But it was out of Song of Solomon. And the Lord said to me, to my heart, to that place of primal disorientation. He said, Jill, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Because your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. And I took time in that passage. I, I gave it space to breathe and time to speak, and I gave it room to grow inside of me. And I realized as I meditated on the word that actually it was Jesus who wanted to hear me speak that day. He was looking forward to me getting up on the platform, and, and he, he just wanted to hear me offer back up to him what he had put in me himself. And he was looking forward to seeing my face and hearing my voice. And I preached that day for the first time and not the last time to an audience of one. And my preaching became my worship because he wanted to see my face. He wanted to hear my voice. I meditated on the word and he gave me guidance when I was lost he set me on the path of life.
It's available to all of us. It's available to you because the scripture says that God's word is living and active. And Jesus, the living word, will encounter you in the written word. And he will set you on the pathway of life. Amen and amen. Thank you.